You're listening to the Sunnybrook Unscripted Podcast, where we talk real life, answer questions, and take a deeper, practical look at the topics we talk about on a Sunday morning. To learn more about Sunnybrook Church, including our Sunday gathering times and opportunities throughout the week, visit us online at sunnybrookchurch.org. Today, we are talking with Pastor Jeff Mose. Welcome to the Sunnybrook Unscripted Podcast. I am Lydia Miller here with my dad, Pastor Jeff, and we have been in a series that we've kind of entitled, What Does the Bible Say About Blank? And we've been trying to answer the most commonly asked questions about what scripture has to say on different topics. And today we are covering a topic that you are very familiar with. We are covering the topic of church. I like church. You like church. Tell us your history with the church, Pastor Jeff. Were you born a pastor? Is that something yes. that you came to later I was in life? Born in the church. <laughs> That's, That's for weird. Sure. Okay. <laughs> Born and raised in the church. <laughs> Perfect. Well, we are going to cover the subject of church today because I think it's something that has been around a lot. And it's been something that has been a staple, especially in our country, maybe even in your life. And it sometimes is something you don't think about how it began, where it came from. It's just something we're used to. So I want to start today just talking about the origin of church because it has a pretty storied cool, sometimes not so great history that people may not know. Yeah, if you study the church at all, it certainly has ups and downs to it. But the first mention of the word church is actually by Jesus in Matthew chapter 16. Uh, remember Jesus is kind of sitting around with the disciples and he says to them in effect, hey, who do you say that I am? And finally Peter stands up and he says, listen, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And then Jesus says, listen, blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah, Simon, son of Jonah, uh, flesh and blood's not revealed this to you, but my Father in heaven. And on this rock, and we believe that's the confession of Peter, I will build my church. That's the first mention of how God is going to sort of be the instrument in this world to make a difference, lead people to Christ, grow them up in the faith, that the church of Jesus Christ at that point in time was sort of born in terms of the vision of what God had for it. But actually the birth of the church, we often point back to the time of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2. Remember, they're gathered together in the upper room and wind and tongues and fire and all of that comes. And that really is the birth of the church of Jesus Christ with the coming of the Holy Spirit. So in the Old Testament before Jesus, is it safe to say the temple and the things that they experienced are not the mission that God maybe has for the church? No, I don't think so. Again, I think that was sort of the sacrificial system that was all pointing toward the coming of Christ and what he ultimately would provide. But no, I don't think that was God's dream and God's vision. It was sort of the thing that would lead or foreshadow, we often call, uh, the coming of Christ. We often hear the church referred to as the bride of Christ. It seems to be typical language in scripture and even in church. Can you explain what that means yeah, a little bit? It's really a fascinating term. It's this idea that, you know, Jesus has wed himself to the church of Jesus Christ. And the church would simply be all believers in Jesus Christ all throughout history. Anybody who's known Christ as their savior is a part of what we'd call the universal church. If you want to separate the churches, universal means church throughout all of the centuries, believers in Jesus Christ all throughout time. Um, usually this idea of a local church, though, is the one that we talk about mainly. But that really is the bride of Christ. We even talked about it in the book of Revelation this past week, just this idea that Christ is coming. And he's coming for his bride. He raptures it to heaven, and then eventually he comes with his bride uh, to rule and to reign forevermore. But it's this idea that he's the bridegroom or what we would say is the groom and the church is his bride and they're wedded together forevermore. We'll sit 
this banquet table, sort of this reception, if you will, of this marriage uh, of us and the Lamb forevermore. So it's kind of fascinating terminology. In fact, and I know we're going on a side issue here, but do you remember when he talks about the ten virgins and this idea of being ready? Uh, that's really talking about Jesus coming again for the church. And the idea, especially in first century marriages, was they, the bride had no idea when the groom was coming. I mean, they knew it was going to be this week, but they had no exact time. And she was to constantly be ready. And that's what Jesus is saying to the church, too, is, listen, be ready. You have no idea when I'm coming. I think that's such a good context to remember. I think especially now in people that have issues with the church or maybe don't hold the church in the light that they should, to just remind yourselves of the light that Jesus holds it in, that the intentions that God had for it. Boy, I agree with that, Lydia. I, I don't know why. When, when people criticize the church, I have such fond memories of the church. I came to Christ through the church. You know, my parents came to Christ through the church. I, I was discipled in the church. I was called to ministry mm -hmm. through the church. So for me, when people criticize the church, or, and listen, no church is perfect. Mm -hmm. Sunnybrook's not perfect. There is no such thing as a perfect church out there. But to recognize it is the bride of Christ mm -hmm. and to speak harshly toward that, mm -hmm. I, I think we need to rethink. Mm -hmm. So there are, you spoke about Acts 2, a little kind of the birthday of the church is what it's been referred to before. But what's interesting is in that section of scripture, in very short verses, we're really given kind of the purpose of church, exactly what our mission should be and what the church should do. Can you speak to those just yeah, a little bit? Yeah, I, I think there are several purposes to the church, but certainly many of them are spelled out in Acts chapter 2. About verse 42 is where it starts. And Literally, he says, listen, it, it, we devoted ourselves in, in light of the fact of who Christ is and the coming of the Holy Spirit. Uh, now we devoted ourselves to four things, to the apostles' teaching, to the teaching of the Word of God, uh, to prayer, to the breaking of bread, and then finally to fellowship. Those were sort of the four purposes that the church started with. They wanted to teach and preach the Word because we wanted not just to simply lead people to faith in Jesus Christ, but grow them up in fuller, deeper devotion. Wanted to commit ourselves to prayer. Later on, Jesus is going to say, listen, this is a house of prayer as he kind of cleanses the temple. Uh, fellowship, this idea of, you know, holding one another accountable, spurring one another on. That's uh, kind of one of the purposes of the church. And then, um, you know, certainly all of the other things that are spelled out from that. I even think the idea of evangelism. Uh, when Jesus gives the Great Commission, mm -hmm. you know, he stands on the mountaintop and he gathers together the disciples. That was really for the church, for his mm -hmm. followers. I even think when we come to the book of James and he says, what's true religion? It talks about the need to care for the poor, do ministry and those kinds of things. So I think those are some of the purposes of the church, you know, teaching of the word of God, breaking of bread, holding communion together, uh, fellowship, prayer, uh, evangelism, caring for the poor, doing ministry together. All of those things from my perspective are biblical purposes for the church. Mm -hmm. I think something that we've known uh, for a while and probably a lot of people know is just how important that fellowship piece is, that community piece. Um, and it's what really made COVID kind of scary and difficult is because, you know, it's hard to figure out how do you have fellowship? How do you have community when no one can actually be together? Very much so. I think that was the difficult part of COVID. And I always say to people, listen, th there are extenuating circumstances that yeah. cause us to do certain things, but Boy, there's nothing like being in worship. You and I have experienced mm -hmm. it before. It's fun to watch churches online. But when you're there, mm -hmm. uh, you sense the presence of the Spirit of God. There's something that happens when you and I enter into worship, which is hard to do on a computer mm -hmm. or a television or those mm -hmm. kinds of things. Uh, and I think this idea of fellowship, 
small groups gathering together, dialoguing, holding one another accountable. I think even the idea of ministry is pretty hard to do when you're watching online or watching on television because that's really the function of the body as well. And even evangelism, all of that's very difficult to do in COVID days from a distance. So mm-hmm. I always say to people, listen, I, I recognize we've provided you mm-hmm. some easy ways of watching online or television or those kinds of things. And maybe that's your initiation into Sunnybrook. Mm-hmm. I, I always think people want to kind of see it before yeah. they... Uh, really fully experience it, but I would say eventually, mm-hmm. you know, you need to move down the line and eventually show up at a yeah. church. I think it's critical. Yeah, it is hard though. I think we all kind of got used to, I remember even when we were recording for COVID and we finally were able to be home on a Sunday morning, it it was kind of nice. There, there was. I mean, there there's a sense, especially when you're putting on the services of, boy, we can record this and we have a weekend off, yeah. you know, people in ministry yeah. never seem to have the weekend off. But I think you miss out greatly. Mm-hmm. Even now as I stand in front of a, a, a crowd and preach the word versus, mm-hmm. you know. Preaching to an empty a, room. Nobody was laughing at your jokes. I certainly wasn't. Yeah, so. no, although you never have. <laughs> uh, but those things are difficult. And I, I, I think there's something about the Spirit of God that comes when the people of God gather together that, that makes a difference in worship. Yeah. And I think Sunnybrook, just the atmosphere of the people here, they're all so welcoming and loving and wonderful and it's just a great place to be. It is a good place. So I've gotten this question from people before, students that you know eventually go on to college or people that have moved away, they love the atmosphere and what Sunnybrook has so much that they're constantly looking for that maybe in the new place that they're living or maybe Sunnybrook isn't it for them and they want to find a different... What should people look for in a church? If yeah. you're on the hunt for a church, what should you be looking yeah, for? People ask that question all the time, especially if they move. Mm-hmm. Hey, hey um, can you help me find a church and what would you look for? I, I always say this, from my perspective, first of all, it's got to be a Bible-believing mm-hmm. church, meaning every Sunday morning, it's not just somebody's opinion, mm-hmm. but actually it's backed with the truth of the Word. So find a church that teaches and preaches the Word of God. We, we, we say around here, listen, it you know, when we preach on Sunday morning, it's got to come from Scripture. We, you, you got to exposit a portion of Scripture. We say that with regards to our youth ministry, children's ministry. It comes from the Word of God. So that would be the number one thing I would look for. I, I would also look for a church, I think, that, you know, has a heart for evangelism, that is alive, spiritually speaking, that's not dead, that's on the move, that's doing ministry out in the community, uh, not just sort of this ingrown church that cares for each other, and certainly we want to do some of that, mm-hmm. but that somehow pushes out into the community, recognizing the church is this living organism that's constantly moving out into the community. So I would look at those kind of things. I always say it's best if you look at the statement of faith. I think that's mm-hmm. worth seeing. What do they believe mm-hmm. with regards to Scripture? Uh, does salvation come through Jesus Christ and Him alone? And just kind of work through those issues as a statement of faith. And then from there, in all honesty, it's personal preference. Mm-hmm. If you like organ music and that's really what works for you, if you like a, a worship band or, you know, again, I, I think there's a breadth to worship mm-hmm. and, you know, our church, Sunnybrook, does not fit everybody. Mm-hmm. So if people come and they say, well, listen, this just doesn't fit me, mm-hmm. you know, there's a lot of good Bible-believing, mm-hmm. teaching, preaching churches out there. Find one that mm-hmm. suits you where you can... Plug in, grow, learn, 
and be used in ministry. I, I think that's the most important mm -hmm. thing. I think that's a good note too, is that a church doesn't have to look and sound exactly like Sunnybrook to believe what Sunnybrook believes or to believe in scripture. Everybody kind of has their own way of doing what works for them. Absolutely, and I, I say that often with regards to Sioux City. If somebody comes here, I go, listen, there are several Bible-believing churches. Most of those pastors are friends of mine. They may do worship in a different way. They, they may do ministry in a little bit different way. But as long as they're Bible-believing churches that believe that salvation comes through Christ, style mm -hmm. is kind of a personal preference thing. Um, and I'll often have people say, listen, I, I just, this style of worship doesn't work for me. I can't enter in. At that point in time, I, I get it. Uh, there's some good Bible-believing churches. I'd encourage you to find one. If that's you, maybe you're moving away, maybe you have a child that's going off to college, we often have people reach out, just email the church and ask for uh, some churches in that area, and we kind of have a running list of that. So if that's ever you, feel free to just email and contact, and we'll make sure we get you set up with a few different options. Thank you so much for joining us today. We're actually going to be covering the topic of church again next week, taking a look at the differences in religions and different churches that maybe you've been a part of in your life, so make sure you tune in. If you were encouraged by today's talk, be sure to rate us and hit subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you stream your podcast. To experience other talks, videos, and live gatherings, visit us online at sunnybrookchurch.org or download the Sunnybrook Church app. And again, thanks for listening to the Sunnybrook Community Church Podcast.